Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Fairway Evangelion, the Neon Genesis Evangelion podcast, where we go through the series bit by bit. My name is Keith, going through for his last time, and as always, I'm joined by Peter. Hello! Who is going through for his first? I've managed to wrangle back control of the podcast room. For now. <laughs> after you described what Neon Genesis was for me. So, now, I'm going to go into a bit of a deep dive of not what is Neon Genesis, but explaining kind of some of the wider reaching concepts in a way. Uh, more so talking about the timeline, but in the sense of the loop and the parallel uh, multiverse theory. Sure. Regardless of where you fall in the series, one of those has to be true, especially after how Rebuild establishes everything. Nope. Only one of them has to be true. <laughs> That's why I said one of them has to be true. No, sorry, I mean only one timeline has to be true. The rest are all just like uh, fan fictions people have written <laughs> in-universe about the universe and didn't actually happen. Yeah, and I'll, I'll, I'll clarify right from the top. I like the loop theory a lot more, myself. That's the one I tend to view the series in. But nothing's been officially established from all very vague about which one's which, and the timeline works with both of them, so, sure. Uh, but ultimately, I guess I'll establish the idea between both theories first, and then kind of work our way through it. This is going to go more into the loop theory, obviously, because the nature of loop theory requires a little bit more explanation, because of how it's laid out, whereas the multiple timeline theory is a very short and sweet explanation. Pretty straightforward idea. People are familiar with the concept of multiple timelines from other media. Yeah, so the idea is that for multiple timelines, the break for all the timelines is when the first ancestral race is sending all of the moons out into the universe. That moment is where the deviation happens for all the universes. Okay. And it ultimately determines what happens. So how how are differences in timelines formed when launching so this is mainly because in some instances there's more than just Adam and there's multiple spheres okay. when they come to Earth. So it's just to explain if we know through all of the different Evangelion storylines that some changes had to happen before the moons crashed, then when they got launched from the first ancestral races planet or universe, that's where everything had to stay. Fair enough. Uh, that's dumb, but whatever. Uh, this way also explains that Calvary is a multidimensional being. So he is constantly observing all universes, much like ethereal ray in a sense. So it's not so much that he's going through a loop over and over again, it's he's seeing every universe, so that's why he's kind of vaguely aware of everything. And why he doesn't have a perfect view on it and actively stop himself from dying all those times. Sure. Uh, and just because the multiverse starts there, essentially, doesn't mean that... Uh, all the changes are big multi-billion years ago. Sometimes it plays the exact same, but for example, Rebuild, Toji doesn't become the pilot of the other unit because his sister wasn't injured badly enough that she needed to go to another facility, which required him to be a pilot. Yeah. And in some universes, the angels never really become a problem, and it's just Shinji figuring out his shit. Yeah. And that's ultimately the idea of the multiverse theory, and then the minus space, like a goth object, is kind of the space between and this is kind of where everything kind of... Because Rebuild is supposed to be the end of all the Neon storylines. And some people are saying, well, the multiverse one gets disproved because how does the whole story end if just in one timeline does? But the 
thing to remember in this one is Shinji from the minus space gets rid of all eight million. So he also gets rid of it in every one that's because he's not in that specific timeline when he's doing it. He's into the minus space, which is not a part of any one timeline. So him getting rid of them all affects every timeline. Yeah, and uh, th I will admit this one makes the ending with Shinji make a bit more sense because he's in a different timeline or multiverse, which is implied to be our multiverse with Mar uh, Mariathan. And that's why nothing changed in the universe he came from, which means he didn't reset. And anytime we're seeing a universe reset, it's not so much being reset as in the different timeline. Fair. So the manga would be an example of it's a different timeline. Sure. The, the reason I personally disagree with multiverse day myself is because they keep having hints to the previous timelines. I also take issue with it more for the Shinji getting to the Golgoth object and it's just him and Gendo hanging out there and like, if there are theoretically infinite timelines all happening simultaneously, you would think there would be more than one time where Shinji gets to the Golgoth object. It makes sense if it's loops because then they're happening in theory sequentially and so this is just the first time it's happened, but if all the timelines are happening simultaneously, then it's kind of weird that it only once do they get into the minus space. Yeah, and I, I will admit, the Shinji that we see get there is a good ten years after the normal timelines tend to end. Sure. So it makes sense that if there's only one Shinji there, I'm willing, I, I can accept that Shinji really gets past those 14 years. Yeah. But yeah, yeah that's the other thing, it's this would be the only Shinji that got that far and wished for this specifically, because you would assume Gendo was able to figure out where this Golgoth object was and how to get there. Someone else probably should have another timeline. Those always end badly as well. There's a lot of stuff like that. But the big thing for me is, for example, Rebuild starts with clear homages to yeah. and Evangelion. In the manga, the Shinji that leaves Humanist uh, Fatality wishes for this world. An implication is that it's the Shinji not remembering what happened prior. But there's also hints to like, oh, these uh, petrified MEs, right? Yeah. <clears throat> so that's why I tend to lean more to loop theory. Both can really work. Honestly, you can view any Evangelion property as its own unique thing with no connection to anything else. The only one where you can't really do that is Yeah. Price Upon a Time very heavily implies the previous existence of all the previous storylines. Making homage to not just the anime and the end of Evangelion, but also So, in the loop idea, the concept is that every Evangelion property is still canon in a sense, but it works in a bit of a different way where it's the order doesn't really matter except for a few key details, but it's all happening back to back to back to back, and literally memories are being wiped because humanist mentality is constantly resetting the timeline. Uh, because once Ray achieves God power at the end, it makes herself ethereal Ray in a sense, she's able to view everything, and that's yes. why she's also present. This is kind of what leads to the idea that the first timeline to exist is the manga series, which kind of lines up because it was also the first publication of Evangelion, and ethereal Ray does not appear to be yet because she does not exist yet in the long timeline. Yeah. Because the idea is that ethereal Ray, even though we view it as she exists at all time in every direction it's, it's only forward from the point of her number. yeah from her perspective the moment she gains that godlike power the first time she then exists from then onwards in all the subsequent loops that exist 
So I guess the best way to look at it is in the loop. There's no traveling backwards, at the very least, which also is applied to Kyra. Yep. Which is why, also in the first, if you accept this theory and view the manga as the first one, it explains why Kyra doesn't seem at all interested in Shinji initially, and then becomes interested with him over the course of that series until he dies, and then in subsequent series, he kind of starts off already pretty interested in Shinji. Uh, and on top of this, the implication. Now, obviously, this is another theory that is kind of built around the concept of the loop, that there's no proof, we may never get proof for this, but a big question is, why is Calvert Special unable to do this like Lilith can when he shouldn't be able to, because he's ultimately a fractured angel like Ray was. Yeah. Uh, and the theory uh, goes that Calvert tends to die in Terminal Dogma at right, the base of blood. Yeah. So he, what happens to his body after? Yellow breaks apart, as we see Ray's body does uh, multiple times, especially near the end, when she's not going through the LCL treatment constantly, because he's the same being, he should have the same limitations. Yep. So, because he had a connection through Aramisel to Ray in that fight and got her emotions, the idea is that some of her implanted into Kauru, which means he was, when he dissolved, he kind of merged with Lilith's body in a sense. So, when Ray, like, even though Kauru is not in control of this, He's a part of the being that gains the power of the Fury Which is why he doesn't have the ultimate godlike power that Rey does that we see moving forward through the series, but he's able to be aware of these timelines. So in the loop theory, if you use this as the application, Kaoru doesn't have the power to manipulate things, but he's able to be aware of things when he's created. Yeah, and it makes sense. We never see Ethereal Kaoru after that point, but he does still have, have that knowledge, which would imply... He's not the same level as Ray at his power at any point, but he has that same level of awareness because some part of him was a part of the being that had that. Yeah. Uh, so if this is the case with Kaoru, ultimately it's not that he is aware of everything that's happening, it's when he comes into being he remembers everything prior, but he can't remember anything past the point of his death. Yeah. So Which he... also explains why he doesn't avoid his death in clear times when he should be. Yeah. He doesn't realize this is exactly like what led, leads up to my dying because of course he does yeah uh, so the events of Evangelion play out much the way that you would recognize with you know the moons landing on the planet how Adam becomes sealed through one means or another well becomes the dominant species after a vote by committee exactly as we learned last week <laughs> last week yep and, and then uh, the events of second impact happen with Sile using the Dead Sea Scrolls which as we know are inside the Yep. Do the whole plan, trigger second impact, which caused the Adam to birth the rest of the angels, or at least awaken them. And the events of the series play out in the way that we see play out. Now, in this timeline, as you mentioned before, Kaoru does not give a shit about Shinji, and ends up just modern, more of like a spy thing, because Sile suspects something's going on with Gendo, and the easy way to get to Gendo they would assume, I guess, because who wouldn't be taking out taking care of their child? Yeah, who wouldn't have a close personal relationship with their own child? Yeah. Uh, and due to the events with the Armacell fight, ends up getting a connection to Shinji, uh, curious about him, and ends up developing a strong feeling towards him. Ends up dying. If you subscribe to that Kaoru theory, that he ends up dissolving into the LCL, or at least degrading into it enough that his soul that's inside Kaoru ends up with the events happen, 
both will get their powers. The next timeline is technically the ending of the manga where we see Shinji and Endo. Yeah. With the calcified or solidified, petrified MPs. The implication of Blue Theory is the timeline keeps getting reset. Whether this means that Lilith triggers instrumentality again at some point in the future in this world, or just the world when it naturally ends, everything resets again, is a different story altogether. <clears throat> Which means, I guess, technically, the world that it takes place in never really ends. Yeah. It's not instrumentality specifically doing it, but we're able to see the adjustments due to what Ray and Power are able to do when they travel. <clears throat> At this point, literally everything else is canon, so how you kind of want to consume the content is probably whatever way you want is makes sense. Yep. Because the 4 3, as we mentioned before, is the manga, the anime, and the rebuild series. Uh, the next one would be the anime. Where it specifically takes place in the timeline is not known, but the most popular idea is that it's the second. So it leads right into Rebuild? Exactly. No, disagree. <laughs> it leads right into, um... Which one of the fun, silly ones was it? Shinji Akari Raising Project. Should, yeah, it leads right into Shinji Akari Raising Project. And then that leads right into uh, <laughs> Rebuild. Fair. It's the third last one. <laughs> Again, it could fit anywhere. Uh, the reason that a lot of people think that the... Follow the blue theory anyways. Believe that anime and end of it going directly in is because they have almost a perfectly magical ending and opening. Yeah. The ending of End of Evangelion is the Red Sea brushing up against the land, and then the opening of Rebuild is the same scene, but taking place during the satchel attack. Yeah. Uh, but in this version, not really much has changed with the world specifically. Much of the events play out the exact same. The difference here is there's more angels, which... If there's a malicious force, I guess, that's aware of this as well, send more angels makes sense. Sure. <laughs> I guess this could imply that maybe Adam has some awareness of what's going on as well, so when he had his moment to create angels, like, I'm gonna make more. Well, I suppose if you think about it, if Karu has extra awareness and Karu is Adam in certain senses. Adam's soul. Adam's soul. It would make sense that at some level, while Kaoru is in Adam, Adam has some level of understanding. Fucking landing on the planet, waking up, <gasps> that bitch is gonna kill me! <laughs> waking up, what it actually is, is waking up, <gasps> that bitch, and then immediately gets speared <laughs> by the spear Plunginus. <laughs> Who is also aware of what's about to happen. Yeah. No wonder why he hates Lilin so much. Yeah. <laughs> he has one experience of, ah, perfect. Time to take advantage of this plan. Oh no, what's happening? I've been speared by the Spear of Jonas, but can still talk for some reason. This is awful. Yeah. And then it, it wakes up next time, knows exactly what's going to happen just in time for the Spear to Spear. <laughs> his life is a constant cycle, getting stabbed through the chest and getting his head ripped off. Yeah. It's the only way Kara dies. Whether yeah. it's being crushed and his head popping off, or his head being exploded. Kara's into head stuff. You heard it here first. But, uh, yeah, with the anime one, everyone knows the story, but obviously more angels, things are a bit different, and the first manga timeline, Asuka's origin is different from this one. Everything plays with the same, but the big difference here is we see the ghost right at the beginning. Yeah. 
So ultimately, the reason that the timeline's placed out this way specifically is because Ethereal Ray can exist before the first time she got the godlike powers, but after that, it's fair game. Yep. But at the same time, Kaoru is the big thing of like his personality changes from being cold to every other version of Kaoru having some level of interest in Shinji and an implied knowledge of who she is. Yeah. Yeah, that's the argument for the manga being first, and then the other only other point that's like really hammered in is rebuilding is last, and everything else in between. Yeah. Toss your salad as much as you like pieces of land where they do. Exactly. And uh, the fun thing about the timeline, I'm going to take a brief aside here, is every version of Evangelion is a timeline, which means, for example, there's the PlayStation 2 game we mentioned a few times here that has a lot of lore dump. The idea is that is that's a separate timeline in itself that is very close to the anime and end of Evangelion. So even if you're going through something that's the exact same story, but a different medium, it's another timeline. Having not played that video game, I assume it's possible to just straight up lose the game at certain points and having to, like, load a previous save or something. That's also a timeline. I'm declaring it now. <laughs> There's a timeline. Oh, uh, what is it? It's the... Sorry, this is a slight aside. But if you've played uh, Ocarina of Time and you know how after that there's the branching timelines in the Legend of Zelda timeline and there's the adult timeline where uh, Link stays an adult after defeating Ganon and the uh, world that spins up from that and there's the child timeline where Link stays a child or goes back to the time before and tries to stop Ganon from taking over the child timeline. And there's also just the Hero's Death timeline which is the timeline where you lose a fight against Ganon in the boss battle or you know what, fuck it. You lose a fight against fucking the Mothra or whatever her name is Mogma the spider inside the I'm gonna say it was the Cuckoos Cuckoos yeah you die to fucking Cuckoos and then you get so frustrated you throw your controller the controller blakes and you have to ask your mom and dad to buy you a new controller but they're like fuck that you just broke your controller I'm not gonna buy you a new it's like controller it's like 80 bucks yeah no fuck it you can get another job when you're 16 and buy a controller then and you never go back and you never finish Aqua Patina time that's the third timeline so why can't there be timelines within the Ava loops that's just that one time you played that PS2 game and you lost and then decided not to try and finish. I mean, I guess with the video games, that's definitely a possibility. There's also the uh, uh, visual novel ones, which have different roots in themselves, which technically would be a timeline that's different, but has that breach. They'd be in theory, they'd be clustered closely together timelines, and you just go down this branch, and then the next loop is you starting back again. It's almost identical starting conditions, but you make slightly different choices along the way. Exactly. And that's kind of the basis for the loop theory that is implied. Uh, another reason the loop theory is heavily implied is because Otto won't shut up about circles and loops. <laughs> now that I think about it, I think that's the perfect way of describing the loop theory to any fan or any fan who's like doesn't fully understand the loop theory, uh, but is the right level of weeb to understand the concept of a visual novel. Is it's someone playing through a visual novel but deciding they want to see every possible ending so as soon as they finish the game they just start the game over again and play make different choices along the way and see what ending they get this time that's that's loops baby <laughs> brief aside to another uh, uh anime i guess but fate say night literally makes that the plot point that each of those timelines is a different uh, uh dimension yeah there you go perfect explanation Play visual novel games and you'll understand the Genesis even going. You heard it here first, folks. We're going to make a sequel. What should we make the canon timeline? Fuck it. Uh, all of them. Yeah. Can we just, like, uh, force them back into one timeline? No. Okay. Force Shinji back inside a robot? 
Oh, of course, all the time. Okay, cool, we're good. But yeah, this timeline uh, ultimately ends with its fatality triggering in much the same way. Uh, bit of different circumstances. This Shinji is utterly, completely broken, as opposed to the other Shinji we've seen so far. Yep. Uh, and this instrumentality is more about him realizing he was wrong because he wanted everyone to go away. Nothing wrong with that. If he's a strong, independent man who doesn't need other people in his life, there's nothing wrong with that. Now, uh, he wants to eat uh, instant mac and cheese over the burner because he doesn't want to dirty a bowl. Nothing wrong with and that. And using the spatula instead of a fork. Yeah. Gotta save on dishes. Exactly. He's being economical, guys. I mean, you can't just plastic wrap a thing you're cooking in. That'll melt. Oh. <laughs> that actually made me feel viscerally <laughs> ill imagining that. Uh, but uh, another interesting thing for the loop theory here, now that we've finished off the rundown of how the anime timeline loop works, is in a lot of these versions, Ray also is the last shot in in ethereal form and also kind of mentions about seeing Shinji again Fair. the manga if you remember ends with a uh, brief glance of Rei exploding and then there's like the silo whatever which like the snow starts following she's like until we meet again Shinji even though she technically should be dead and then end of Evangelion which is the end of the anime timeline is where we see her hovering over the water when Shinji looks out in the exact same frame spot that she was in the first episode. That Shinji glances over and then Asuka's next to him. Yep. Makes perfect sense. Uh, so, shows us that even with Lilith dead, per se, she still exists. Although, a thing that's interesting I always found is that in End of Evangelion, Rey doesn't explode into anything, she just kind of falls apart and falls into the water. Whereas in all of her versions, she just disappears. Yeah. I guess the iconic giant head sticking out of the water that they needed. Pretty good looking. Giant head. Great for posters. Yep. And then, of course, uh, this would lead into the Rebuild series, which is believed to be the final loop, uh, because it ends with all Evangelion being destroyed. Woohoo! And the big difference in this is we get introduced to a new character, which is Mari. Origin kind of shifts up a bit because now there was the four atoms as well as like six spears floating around. Yeah. This one also gets the most amount of impacts. Yeah, because they get first impact, second impact, near third impact, third, third impact, impact, fourth impact, impact, and additional impact. Which I don't know why they stopped at four. Why didn't they just call additional impact fifth impact? Yeah. Or be honest about it and call it sixth impact. Or final impact. Again, well, I guess Final Impact's very definitive. Yeah. They didn't want to double down. It'd be kind of like if during World War II, instead of calling it World War II, we called it Final World War. We're like, no, I promise, this is the last one. Or Additional World War. <laughs> yeah. And then we have a third one that's like, shit, uh, Additional 2? Or we follow the Xbox naming convention, and we go, we stop calling World, World War 360? We stop calling World War One World War One. We call World War One the Great War. We go back to what we called it during the time. Called World War Two Additional World War, and then when we get to a, the Third World War, we call that Xbox. <laughs> they called it World War One. The just jumped out. Xbox War Three Sixty. Xbox War One Series X. Oh fuck! 
My grandpa died in the console wars. Alright, sorry. <laughs> also, fun fact for anyone who's listening. They definitely didn't call it World War One during World War One because that is way too ominous of a name of predicting there will be more of these. Yeah, considering a lot of people in that war thought this was the end of the world. Yeah. People thought it was either the end of the world or the war to end all wars, which one of those is extremely pessimistic and one of those is extremely optimistic. <laughs> world War Two. I, I understand why people thought that was going to end the world and I'm kind of on board. I think the world might have ended in World War Two. Possible. Who knows? How, how would we know otherwise? Uh, so yeah, uh, with the Rebuild series, obviously we get some more shakeups. but the big important thing here is once again, Kaoru is very clearly, I know who Shinji is, and we get the implication that he keeps going through this cycle over and over again because of all the coffins on the moon. Uh, the big things going into this one from the previous one, as I mentioned before, there's a blood spatter on the moon from when Ray was, or God Ray was kind of destroyed at the end of the game. The uh, Blood Red Sea is told that it happened during Second Impact, but it's also clearly a, an homage to what happened uh, with the beach scene at the end. Yeah, and then we also have the crucifixion sign on the hill. Yeah, this is the giant chalk fucking outline of what is clearly the MPE. Yeah. <laughs> Which, it's weird that it's always the MPE that it seems to get through. Yeah. Now that I think about it, I don't think Rebuild's the final loop. I think the reality we currently exist in happens after Rebuild. I mean, that's the implication at the end. Yeah, so... There's one final loop. So if you want to think about it, in addition to the manga, the anime, and Rebuild being like the three main canons, the fourth canon is uh, human history on our planet. I think you mean the additional canon. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I think Rebuild... No, no, I can't call it Rebuild. Um, Evangelion 4.44. Third canon. Third canon. Near third... No, I, let's be honest with it. It's near third canon. Is human history. Okay. But yeah, this rebuild one is the most heavy-handed with implying the obvious changes with the loop or yep. the timelines, which ultimately solidified fan theories from, you know, two decades prior. Yeah. You did it, guys. Yeah. Fan so hard you turned your memes from dreams into realities. And obviously with this one, Shinji ends up getting sent to the future, which is the furthest forward we've ever seen Shinji. Um, but we end up getting a few other facts, like the Curse of Evangelion, which is implied that, you know... Paper pilots don't age. Well, it's not that, but even in the past Evangelion storyline, it's implied that their, like, DNA is taking some heavy hits because of what they're doing. Yeah. I believe, if I remember correctly, from our watch-through of Evangelion, um, Thrice Upon a Time, uh, Ava pilots don't age, but Futsuki ages every year that they would have aged for them. Yeah. Conservation events. Yeah, exactly. Someone has to gain the age, and uh, Futsuki's the ripe candidate. And by <laughs> ripe, I definitely mean over-ripe candidate. <laughs> Uh, but the end of a, the uh, Rebuild series is ultimately them going into the depths, which uh, is the area that's between space and time with the Golgotha object, which is responsible for the spheres and the creation of a lot of things. So the implication now becomes that the 
the first essential race is actually from this time between times. Which, uh, my earlier comment about a race, uh, uh, the nefarious figure that's watching and trying, I guess, to destroy humanity could be the first essential race from this thing. It's like, fuck, send another one. To be fair, if you are an all-powerful race and you create these designs of this is what's going to happen and you send one of your beings out to a planet and immediately another being comes crashing into that planet and takes over... You'd Both be a- beings are theirs. I know, I know, but clearly their designs were Adam has this planet. The moment Lilith shows up and takes over the planet, be like, fuck off, Lilith, this is... Like, just because I have two cats, if I take a picture or if I, like, try to set up my cat on a stool and try to take a picture, and another cat jumps and knocks the cat off the stool and, like, tries to be in the picture, I'm like, all right, fuck off, kitty, this is not your time. This you're going to arm the cat with three friends and six spears. Well, I... I don't know about friends. Cats can't have friends. But I'm absolutely going to arm the cat with six spears. Yeah. Try and give that cat a fighting chance so I can take a picture. <laughs> uh, and ultimately, the gold... The space uh, with the gold off object is purely conceptual, in a sense. And on top of that, it's the ability to affect all of reality... So Gendo wants to affect all reality and kill, I guess, the gods in every reality. This is, the Gendo from the Rebuild series was a step above the rest, honestly. Yeah, instead of just killing his current god, he wanted to kill all gods. Yeah, and that's why when uh, Shinji ends up kind of sacrificing himself at the end with the final spear, he ends up... The problem that everyone's encountering here is because Evangelion exists. Yes. So he destroys all. Yep. And idea is that this is a ripple effect for all realities, so every single instance of an Evangelion ever existing is wiped from reality, but not resetting these realities. And then he ends up in a new world, which is essentially ours. Yep. Where he's able to age up. Yeah. Probably plays Pokemon Go on the weekends. Yeah, I can see that. Not during the week. He's too busy with work, and he's a serious person. But on the weekends, yeah, sure, why not? He'll go to a park to try and catch a Pikachu. Yeah, ultimately, uh, as you kind of said, it's implied that he's in our world at the end, so you could say that additional canon is uh, our reality itself. Yep. Uh, Which, if you think about it, because it's never discussed in Evangelion, like, canon in-universe... Theoretically, the Holocaust didn't happen in any of the earlier loops, but Shinji getting rid of Ava's and causing a new timeline caused the Holocaust to happen. Well, some bad news about that one is the fact that nothing really changed in any of these timelines until the year 2000. Yeah, I guess. So what you're saying is Shinji didn't prevent the Holocaust, but he had the power to. Well, Shinji never had the god power. Lilith never prevented it. I still choose to blame Shinji for not preventing the Holocaust. Sealy definitely didn't Oh, Sealy probably had a finger in a pie that caused the Holocaust. Sealy definitely figured that the Holocaust would lead to instrumentality in some way. Yeah. Uh, and I guess ultimately, as we said before, every version of Avon going, you can kind of fit any results in this three-pointed calendar of uh, how you want to break things down. Yeah. You have a beginning, you have a middle, you have an end, and then you have the real end, which is our current timeline. And uh, whatever you can throw in there fits. Yep. You want to 
read a fan fiction and put it in the calendar, go right ahead. You want to specifically read some smut that I wrote about Shinji just learning to love himself? Throw it on the calendar. I thought you were going to make a call back to the one about him being a complete nerd. No. I mean, that one too. That one also... But to be fair, that's more can uh, canonical than the smut. That one, that one probably actually happened. Yeah. But the uh, true first timeline <laughs> is Shinji correcting them about, um, actually, not really a robot. <laughs> Just Gendo beating him for like the next four episodes. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, uh, it ends, and. Uh, we don't know why the next loop happens, but the next loop happens, and that's the manga, and then they actually kick off instrumentality at that time. Yeah. First one, humanity dies. Because while Shinji's beating the sh getting the shit kicked out of him by Gendo, Satchel just destroys the city and connects with uh, Yeah. Uh, and, uh, as we mentioned before, Rebuild did have a lot of implications throughout the whole of it, but the biggest one by far is in Thrice Upon a Time when he's in the Golgotha object, and... They reference all the versions of Rey, and Shinji literally has the title card from every Evangelion thing in existence up to this point flash behind him. Yeah. No, of course the manga is not the manga is not included in itself, so take as you will from that one, but Yeah. It is what it is. And of course, with the idea of the loop, I'm, I'll be honest, there are some things that seem off with it as well, because for example, why is Mari not involved a lot of these times? She is. She just dies. Yeah. Could be that she dies during when the impact events, because we only see her really before first. I know what it is. Second. It's in 99% of the timelines, she meets a cute guy at university, and things happen as they do when a mommy loves a daddy very much, and she gets pregnant. And then when Second Impact happens, fortunately she's a mom. She's gone. Them's the rules. Dems the breaks, kiddo. And I hate to break it to you, but Mari and her positive outlook on life and hope, uh, she's a good mom, so she definitely dies. <laughs> Unlike uh, Akagi, like we said last time. Or not Akagi. Was it that we said was a bad mom? Oh, Asuka's mom? Asuka's mom. Kyoko? Kyoko, yeah. She, she unfortunately... I mean, we saw her in the Shinji Akari raising project. She's not the best mom. Yeah, exactly. So, unfortunately, she doesn't... I mean, I guess fortunately she doesn't make the cut for good mom. <laughs> and this doesn't get uh, eliminated during the momming uh, <laughs> second impact. Uh, also, it's an additional thing, and this isn't really about the timelines of the loops, but to explain, uh, we, a couple episodes ago, were talking about misconceptions and theories. So in the rebuild, uh, just to clarify where all the impact uh, situations happen, First impact is obviously when we killed the dinosaurs with Lilith and Adam. Yep. Second impact was uh, triggered by Sile to pretty much create Kauru and start off the events uh, to lead to instrumentality. Third impact, or near third impact as it's referred to in the Rebuild series, is when Shinji almost activates uh, human instrumentality when he to tries to pull Ray out of the core. That's, uh, that one is stopped by Kauru sealing them. At some point in the time gap, we never get to see information on Lilith and Unit 6 fuse and trigger third impact, which Kaji is able to prevent by sacrificing himself. Again, 
vaguely what happened. All we know is he put on a cool jacket, got in the helicopter, and flew into the area. And stuff happened. Probably seduced Lilith into stopping the third act, if I had to guess. Even though he was a respectable father and committed husband at this point in time, uh, he had to use his powers uh, for evil one last time. For the plants! Uh, fourth impact is what happens during the events of the third rebuild movie. Uh, which carries over into the events of Price Upon a Time, and then additional impact is triggered. Yep. Fun times. Yep. Six impacts, depending on who you ask. I suppose so. Just don't ask me. <laughs> yep. Good times. Yeah, but overall, I, I, you can see why both kind of fit, especially with the ending of Rebuild, where either erase Dave and Guns from every timeline, which means every shit we see at the end gets to live in a happy world without Dave and Guns. Or, on top of that, it's Dave and Guns can no longer exist moving forward, so once he destroys them in this timeline, it's impossible to reset the timeline any further. Yeah. Once you get rid of Ava's, you get rid of instrumentality. And when that happens, bit, bada bing, bada boom, you're at Eastside Marinus. Effectively, he's fully removed the root of life. Yeah. There's only the seed of knowledge. Fruit knowledge. Fruit, seeds, eggs. I don't want to call it eggs, I'll tell you right now. <laughs> I don't know why, but egg of knowledge sounds so much worse than fruit or seed it of knowledge. sounds pretty good. I don't know why, it just sounds wrong to me. <laughs> yeah, the egg of knowledge or the egg of life. Yeah. What are, what are we having for dinner tonight, Mom? Oh, you know, we're having some uh, eggs of life. Oh, cool. And the egg of knowledge. I'm going to go to Paul's house tonight. <laughs> the orb. <laughs> yeah, yeah, alright. Well then. Do you have anything else you want to enlighten us about the lore of Evangelion? No, that's just kind of explaining how the loop theory plays out and also what the implications of the multiple timeline, uh, multiverse aspect is. Either way, Rebuild is really supposed to be the end, with your own assumptions on where you want to start the timeline either way. If you do subscribe to the loop theory, neither one is fully correct nor completely wrong. Until something is definitively stated, it's all opinion. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. And like I said, you can also just decide what I interpret as being even going to just this one specific niche visual novel I play on weekends or whatever. That's, I think that's something a lot of people need to understand a lot more about the world is canon doesn't mean fucking shit. Fuck canon. If the thing you like about something is this one book that no one else accepts, then that's the thing to you. If you don't like any of the Halo video games, but there's a collection of Halo short stories that you're a big fan of, congratulations, that's Halo for you. You don't need to care about what's going on in the video games or anything like that. If what you like about Evangelion is uh, some fucking doujinshis, or however you pronounce that word, uh, of, like, stories, great, that's Evangelion for you. If you don't like the manga or the anime or rebuild, sure, that's fine. That's, that's Evangelion. There you go. Congrats. It doesn't matter what's canon. Fuck canon. <laughs> Loops, timelines, it's all bullshit. <laughs> no, it's real. No. It's, it's all fiction. <laughs> it's all pure fiction. We made it up. It's fiction. All the way down, baby. Every level's fiction. <laughs> sweet, sweet fiction loops. Yeah. 
And seeing as how we've now discussed that our own human existence is also a Neon Genesis timeline, that does mean, in fact, human existence is also fiction. Congratulations, you're fiction. Oh, no. Also, this podcast, pure fiction. I didn't think I would prove prove, uh, that reality is fiction or not real in this podcast, but okay. That's where we ended up, baby. Well, I can't think of a better cliffhanger to end season four on. So glad you guys tune in for all of this. <laughs> so I guess we'll wrap this one up then. <laughs> As you can probably figure out, clearly we need a break. So we're going to be going away for the month of September. Apparently, people need to sleep. That's what I've been trying to tell you. So we'll be off for the month of September, and then we'll be coming back in October with our next fifth season. So, as always, these podcasts go up every Wednesday on all podcasting platforms, as well as YouTube. Like, favorite, subscribe, tell a friend, leave a review. Word of mouth is the best way for passing around the podcast to new people. On top of that, we also have an email address, whatismypodcastabout at gmail.com. Please send us an email with any information you want to share with us, comments, questions. Might even get read out on the podcast, as you've heard in a previous episode as well. On top of that, we have the Instagram page, Fairway Evangelion where we update the series facts and tidbits as we go through it on the same pace as we're going through it on the podcast as well. So if you're following along, don't need to worry about spoilers if it's your first time. And lastly, as always, Peter, when we return in Season 5 of this podcast, what can we expect on the Fairway Gum podcast? Uh, well, we're going to dip our toes into the world of seeing what happens when you combine Evangelion with video games. And as always, plenty of fans.